gonna make him an awfully gamble for you. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're gonna get. 1.21 gigawatts! I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take this anymore! The second rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And you will know my name is the Lord when I lay my vengeance upon thee. This is Sparta! You shall not pass! Here's Johnny. Uh, there was a firefight! Onto your butt. Welcome to the briefcase. You know, there's a million fine-looking women in the world, dude, but they don't all bring you lasagna at work. Most of them just cheat on you. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Briefcase, a show that attempts to encompass everything filmmaking from an independent filmmaker's point of view. I'm your host, Matt, and sitting way the hell across from me is my ride-or-die, my longtime co-conspirator, but most importantly, business partner and co-host, Dave. Dave... How the hell are you? Doing all right, Matt. How, how are you doing over there? I'm I'm excellent uh, because not only is this our second episode, but this episode is sponsored by the Comic Collective. If you don't know who the Comic Collective is, they are a group who has come together to celebrate and share their love and passion for comics, cosplay, and everything in that growing community. If that sounds like you or someone you know, head over to Instagram and search the underscore comic underscore collective and follow them for everything comic book related and more. Uh, nothing quite like paying the bills up front, right? Tell me about it. It's like, <laughs> except this felt, you know, a little bit more smoother with Vaseline. Well, <laughs> yeah. Old tax man. So anyway, um, if you're following us, we are two independent filmmakers that have come together to create a company called Briefcase Productions. It's a film production company. I mean, not exclusive to films, but it's a production company that operates out of New York City. Um, Between Dave and I, we've got something like 20 to 30 years experience collectively working on Anything from short films to music videos to sketches and and everything in between. And speaking of sketches, in our last episode, we were kind of uh, attempting to get you, the audience, up to speed as to where we, the filmmakers, air quotes, um, where we are now. So we left off on a little thing called public access. And I believe, Dave, you've got a lot more to add to the uh, story. Yeah, so once uh, we moved on from public access, the next big step uh, for me career-wise, I got an internship at a uh, pretty much local TV station, if you want to call it that. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, it was no, it, it, pub, it was, I think it was definitely public television, but it was like a Spanish version of PBS before PBS came out with VM. And the name of the station is called, because it's still existing, I don't know how, 
uh, on crutches, I believe. It's called H-I-T-N. I always think of, uh, whenever you say H-I-T-N, I always think of um, H-N-I-C. Oh, what the hell is that? Um, head N-word in charge. You know that um, Samuel L. Jackson has that on engraved yes. in his lightsaber. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. I never knew that. That's fucking hysterical. So, but so, funny, but people used to be like, oh, the Hitten Network. I'm like, no, it's not the Hitten Network. It's H-I-T-N. Like, people really try to say, oh, it's the Hitten Network. Like, You're like, nah, nah no. it's, not even, it's not even close to that glamorous. Not even close. Not even. But the cool part is that here, like, I put kind of, you know, the live my live TV production um, experience to the test. Um, I worked on this daily show as an intern. My job was to edit once a week because they figured out that I knew how to edit. I had my laptop. Ooh, and the then time. you became that whipping boy. Yeah, pretty much. And I, they paid me in Metro card money and that was it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I got, that was my internship, a grade, yada, yada, yada experience. Blah, blah, oh, so blah. You, were, you were still in school. Yeah, I was okay. still I was I was still at Hunter and um this was right after I got fired from a clothing store that I was working for and I called Professor Jeff Wasaski. I was like, Hey listen, uh, I'm unemployed, I'm gonna be collecting unemployment, which means I can pretty much try to look around, maybe I can find a place to, you know, maybe start working, build a career, you know, I'll I'll take an internship. He's like, all right, David, you know, you got it. I'll send you some stuff your way. That's the way he speaks. If you ever spoke to Jeff Wasowski, uh, again, if you can spell his name correctly, you'll get two free tickets to uh, either AMC or a Regal. Regal. So if you can spell <laughs> Jeff Wasowski. Anyway. I, I love our so giveaways. He, he sends me he sends me the info. Uh, he sends me like 10 internships. One replies back right away. Uh, boom. I get in, I get the internship, and I'm editing one video segment a week. Then I go on vacation and come back. They're like, hey, they want you to edit two a week. I'm like, great. Okay. Mind you, the TV station at this time was in Chinatown, like two mm. blocks on Broadway, uh, two blocks north of Canal on Broadway. I can't, I can't remember the cross street. That's um, all right. Nobody's going to go hunt yeah, it down. It, 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 I don't even think the building's there anymore, believe it or not. I That's think the buildings were tore down. Sure. Um, so it's the American way. So for two years we're in we're in Chinatown, and all of a sudden, I don't know how. Maybe some mob money came through. Maybe <laughs> someone got paid off. But for some stupid reason, we went from this shitty dump, hole in the wall, elevator barely worked place to this glamorous office space. I'm talking about like. Like it felt like if you ever watch um uh, uh Silicon Valley and oh. it's like when they open the doors and you go into like this start startup firm type place thing, they already had furniture laid out, it had these crazy glass walls, stupid architecture. Even when you walked in it did not feel like a TV station. It felt like some high end executive suite office. Like some crazy art exhibit. Some exactly like exactly like a fucking <laughs> upsidy art exhibit, and the place we have our own edit suites. We have two huge production studios, 
And like we get to working on the show right away because we the show I worked on was the only live show and original content that the station was producing at the time. Mm. So very very demanding stuff. Exactly. So we're busting out this live show every day, five days in a live call-in show, nonetheless. Oh, yeah. So much can go wrong. So so once we got that going, it was pretty much like. All right. Um, while I'm not working on the live show, I'm working with my producer Francisco, and we're doing the segments. And then when that when the live show is going, I'm either doing teleprompter or putting up the CGs, like any job you could think of in live TV. I had it. Uh, camera op, floor manager, um, TV, any, uh, teleprompter, anything, yeah. just anything, um, except uh, host and and be in front of the camera. <laughs> Lighting, in front, yeah. lighting, everything, you, everything I had on live television. So that's where I fiddled for five years. <laughs> I mean, they, I, they let you fiddle for five they let years. Me fiddle, yeah. Wow. They, I, I worked. And there you for didn't five get in years. trouble. No, no. <laughs> they, uh, they ended up hiring me. Um, I was. So I'm still inter. I'm still going to college. I'm going to Hunter. Um, this is after the fiasco of me almost killing Rick Lombardo. <laughs> And, um, yeah, they, they hire me before I even graduate to give me, they give me uh, the edit suite. I, and now I'm in charge of the show five days a week. So wait a second. I've, they put you in charge of the show. Like, no, God, no. Oh. oh no. Heaven forbid I was in charge of the show. No, no, no. Oh, okay. They put you in charge of like editing. No, I was, my responsibility was to go and shoot the content with the producer of say we were having a. I survived breast cancer. Um, and then we would say we would have the professional come in, the mm-hmm. doctor, mm-hmm. right? And then the video segment is like the heartfelt story. Like, yes, I survived, you know, the, the woman or a man. Like, I survived cancer. I right. got it for five and such and such years. So I was in charge of the video portion of the of the gotcha. live show. Okay. That's that's what I was in charge of. I was okay. in charge of the Yeah, show. yeah. You were in charge of the, uh, what do they call it, yeah. the package segment, right? Pretty much, yeah. The yeah. package segment that goes on, the heartfelt story, whatever you want to call uh, it. The human interest story. There you go. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> We're banging on all cylinders now. So while working at HITN, um, I forgot how I came across. I don't know if I came across or Joe America came across it. And it was like some, like, can you make a film in 100 hours mm. or 24 hours or some bullshit like that? Mm. And at the rate speed that I was editing that show, I was like... If we come up with a simple enough story, do some decent camera work, I can edit the fuck out of that thing and shoot it in 24 hours. I was like, let's do it. So me and Joe pretty much co-direct this one. Mm-hmm. We shoot it. Um, but back then, you couldn't upload it yet. Um, you couldn't upload on, on the internet. You had to hand, you have to physically hand in your finished product what, at what, a bar. What, <laughs> at a, yeah, that's at the, a bar. That's exactly where I want to hand in my finished film is at yeah, a bar. Yeah, well, because the, the whole point of them, um, <laughs> it was, uh, I think it was called the Film Gracing Grand Prix at the time. Yeah. And it was run by these two brothers. And their whole thing was like, bring filmmakers together, have a drink, you know, talk about what, what you guys went through in 24 hours. A little of networking, little Yeah, a little um, networking, which was, really, which was really, really cool because this takes, takes me to the next... Um, Project, level of working yeah. with professionals because so we hand oh. so first of all we get to the bar and we get there late mm-hmm. um, we we get there late so the thing was if you made it by midnight you were eligible for prizes if you make it after midnight 
um, your film still gets the screen. You're just not eligible for prizes. Yeah, you can't like place so, or anything. Yeah, right? you can't place or anything. And they gotcha. had like a 500 bucks first place, things like that. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so we're at the theater. We're just enjoying. We we get to see our film on a, on a pretty decent sized screen. We're you know we're laughing and like, okay. And the awards come out. Yeah, first place. Uh, no, first it was a runner up mm-hmm. uh, or honorable mention. They said, oh, in third place, Lucifer. And me and Joe just look at each other like, wait, what? <laughs> I, it, yeah, you guys were late. We, we got, should we be were, eligible. First of, all, so first of all, we were late, so we weren't eligible. Right. And the, on, the only other thing that occurred to me was like, this guy must have been so drunk, he probably put it in the wrong envelope. <laughs> or probably put the, down the wrong time. Because we, we were at <laughs> least an hour late when we handed it in. Oh, my God. And, Not even yeah. like five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So we were just like, what? hey, man, bank bank error in your yeah. favor. All right, whatever. Fuck it. I'll take the extra 20 that came out the ATM. All right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So so then the the festival wraps up and this actor approaches us. Um, tall, white guy, blonde hair, blue eyes, typical, you know, leading man. And, and his name is Jerry Broom. Mm. And Jerry Broom was like, listen, guys, I really liked your stuff. Your stuff was enjoyable give me a call whenever you guys are going to do something like this. I would love to work with you. So me and Joe were like, fuck yeah, this is awesome. All right, cool. Cause now you're feeling all like this actor yeah, approach. Like, not us. only did like we place, but like someone wants to work with us. And that was like the first time ever someone said, I like your work. I want to work with you guys. As opposed to hunting someone yeah, down. Like, please, yeah. please be in my film. You know, because by, by this time, we always gotten friends of ours and things like that. Yeah. And people who wanted to act, you know. But weren't necessarily good at it. Or, or, or like actresses that like I've met in college, you know, and I still keep a relationship with some of them till this day. Sure. But that was the first time I was like, Oh man, cool. Like, all right, we know what the fuck we're doing. People want to work with us. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice little feather in your cap. Yeah, man. Totally. Totally. So then we, a few months go by and this, at the time it was MySpace. Um, (laughs) and this contest comes up saying the mice, the, the MySpace Omen short film contest. And the stipulations were like, the movie had to be two minutes. You had to have a line of dialogue from the film and you had to have a post-apocalyptic theme. So I gave it to Joe. I was like, Joe, this is right up your alley, bro. Because Joe is like a horror fanatic. Yeah, call back like, to Joe. episode one. Exactly. So Joe, this is something we could do. He's like, all right, all right, do this, do that. I was like, okay, cool, you know. Um, so we come up with, so we come up with the idea, right? Uh, I go the day before to shoot, and we decided to shoot this in Wall Street because we needed a post-apocalyptic theme. We were like, but we're in New York. Can you get post-apocalyptic? Like we wanted to use the city somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. And um, so we're like, "Fuck it, let's go down to Wall Street." It's a fucking ghost town on a Saturday. So oh, Friday, yeah. I pick up my digital camera. I grab uh, Joe and I go over all the shots. We block all the shots that I want because I'm shooting and directing at the same time. Because the deadline I think was that Sunday. So we so we got together Friday. We I think we we wrote the script over a couple of days. Uh, no, no dialogue, by the way. Um, came up with a shot list, blocked the shots, shot it on Saturday, and um, as we we send it in, and the contest winning was, um, I believe, you get a phone call from the director. I think I believe his name is John Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, the director. The director. He was the director of. Uh, 
the omen, the omen the omen remake right so this is all in conjunction with like what was it, like 2006 2007 remake or something yeah okay. yeah so it was so the remake was in 2006 mm-hmm. right um d- directed by john moore yep and so it was cool so you're gonna get a phone call from the director uh, a video camera right and then your film was gonna be put on the omen myspace film page right so the first thing you do when you click on them movie pops up boom there you are two minutes of fame on myspace (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) which you know at the time was the facebook it was like it was pop it was very popular actually oh my god my uh the dudes of doom had a a myspace page (laughs) we'd post our shows and you know stuff like that so it was it was popping for the time so we send in the film we upload it thank god now we can finally upload it like you know what a godsend right you know what i mean like even though it was still super slow to upload this two minute film that was shot on (laughs) mini dv shot on mini dv exported i don't even think we had fucking 4k at the time yet you know what what i mean 4k are you kidding 4k (sighs) is like the last couple of years so so we send it in a few weeks go by i get an email uh from from the Facebook administrator saying congratulations you guys won and I lose my shit in the office because I opened it up and but the, the, the time, MySpace administrator yeah and I'm losing my shit I'm like holy shit we won we won we won and I hit up Joe and I hit up the actors and I'm like holy shit we won this is great this is awesome yeah and and then it was it was a really good feeling because I felt like that was really based on your work you sure. know it wasn't like you know what I mean like they. Someone took a look at your work and was like, this is fantastic. A guy who directed a remake of The Omen, they put the franchise in his hands, said, this is fantastic. And it's all a testament to your work. Like, you're going... He doesn't know you from the hole in the wall. No, not at all. So, it was was a really good feeling, man. And then then we kind of rode that through with the next couple of films we did. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the next big... The next big contest um, or next big film that I feel like really catapulted what pretty much is becoming Briefcase Productions Mm -hmm. is Chiron's Fair. So just so you guys know, we're not, the Dave mentioned, uh, riding the wave through a couple of films. Our intention is to kind of, uh, in upcoming episodes, talk more in detail about um, these independent uh, projects that we've worked on all um, Lucifer, um, The Omen uh, contest entry, the films that we're bypassing at the moment, we have every intention of going into more detail about them. Because every project we've ever worked on, we've learned something, we, we've got a funny story, uh, you know, what to do, what not to do and stuff. So we want to give everything its time and explain that stuff to you. So we're not, we're not trying to keep you guys from anything. Nothing weird happened. Or did it? So... <laughs> So here we are with Chiron. Well, no one was almost hit by a car again, I'll tell you that much. Well, you know, that's a mistake you make once. (laughs) Lesson learned. (laughs) Nobody was almost killed. No more stunts. No No more more stunts. stunts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We're not professional stuntmen. No. So so then we so then the next contest comes up. Yep. And I and I don't know how you and I at this point got together. I was like, yo, Matt, this is something we should do together. Mm -hmm. You know, because we we I think we've done a few of these before, but this is like the the one that really like catapulted us i i think what ended up happening was um well you and i worked together you directed me uh funny enough in one of the films that were kind of bypassing uh very i'll touch on it very very briefly was a film called forward 
which honestly was one of my favorites that you've done without me, like, you know, being behind the camera, whether it's writing, directing, or, you know, editing or whatever. Um, you had me play like the leader of a bunch of like post-apocalyptic thugs or whatever. <laughs> Yeah. Um, there goes the post-apocalyptic theme again hey you know if it ain't broke um but but um that was one of my favorites and i think at that point we started to talk a lot more about yeah. filmmaking just you know the way two people sit around they talk about stuff and i think that's yeah, yeah. so i think you approached me afterwards and was like hey listen man the next one let's try to get together and write something i think that's what pretty much like said it you know what i mean yeah i think at the time i I could be completely wrong but at the time i was uh leaving um five towns and at five towns i had taken this creative writing course i had this teacher i couldn't stand she um the original teacher that we all signed up for was this great woman miss carthane and at the very last possible minute before the semester started she left because she got a job back in her old field which was radio and, you know, that was mm. great. I felt great for her. Like, hey, you know, good for you. But then they had this this replacement that was just, ugh. So every story I wrote, I did my best to, like, shock the shit out of her. You know, I wrote all these, like, really shocking stories. And I kept getting A's. And I'm like, what the hell? Like, I, like where are the notes? Like, you're trying to get a rise out of her and yeah. it's not working. And all, I, and all I'm getting is A's. You know, like, oh, first world problems. Um, so, so I think at this point... Like you said, uh, I had approached you and been like, you know, maybe maybe we should like we should collaborate. Uh, I, I'm clearly getting some kind of positive response from writing. Maybe I can uh, make a story for us to film or something for you to film or whatever. So lo and behold, here comes another hundred hour film festival because at this point we were masochists. Well, you were. Masochist. We love the pain. Yeah. It, there's something about <laughs> no, it. Nothing says I hate myself like signing up for these 24 hour, 48 hour, 48 hours, 100 hour, 112 hour, you know, we'll get into that another time. Yeah. You know, but there's a couple of these that were just nightmares and there was a couple that we had really good, you know, good time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, So I come across the email, 100 hour Grand Prix. Yep. Here's the stipulations. This is what you need. Yada, yada, yada. I go, Matt, let's do this. So for, for like a day and a half. Mm hmm. We're, 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 we're pitching ideas back and forth. Back, back and, and forth. forth. I'm on the train, like, writing stuff, and I'm pitching it to you. I'm, I'm writing stuff, and I'm like, no, that's not going to work. It's 100 hours. Where are we going to get a van to set on fire? <laughs> I'm not joking you. That was one of my story ideas. Um, you know, like, I'm like, we can't do this. We can't, we can't huddle up five or six actors. Like, you know, you really... That's the beauty of this stuff. I, I Nowadays, if you ask me about storytelling and stuff... I'm very impressed by anyone who can tell a story in two minutes, uh, you know, film wise. Um, I'm still very impressed that people can put stories together in a hundred hours. You know, it's, it's impress. It's just fucking impressive. I don't care which way you cut it. Yeah, man. I mean, just going to think, you know, completing a film is. Yeah. When you, know. when you have like a, when you're on a major motion picture that's shooting like a 30 day, 40 day shoot schedule, with like all the moving parts and stuff, it's still hard. Yeah, you know, absolutely. getting all your shots. You want the weather to cooperate, actors to cooperate, catering not to screw up your food. 
or, you know, catering to actually order your food. Um, or forgetting your food in your case. I'm forgetting my food in my case. Yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a whole other podcast. But um, Ooh, That's like eight podcasts uh, in one, believe it or that not. That particular project. All right, anyway. Yeah. So here we are, 100-hour film festival. We're, so 100-hour film we're, festival. We're texting, we're calling each other, and nothing. Not one is, like, just biting us. And then and t- I'm at the time's work. ticking. Clock is ticking, man. So so I'm at work, and I'm telling my my uh, college assistant like, oh yeah, I'm doing this film festival. It's a hundred hours. We can't come up with any ideas, and like nothing. Like if this dude just had it in his back pocket, saving like, it for that rainy like, day, if bro. If he just like already typed in and was just waiting to hit send, he says without missing a beat, hey, how about this? Two guys sitting in a kitchen, one shot. And the other one is talking shit to him. Yeah. And for, and for some reason, I was like, wait, you got, I think you got something. I call you. I go, Matt, two, two hitmen in the kitchen, one got shot. You figure it out later. <laughs> <laughs> Which is often, actually, I should have known that day that this is how the working relationship was going to go. You basically put a bag of shit in my hand. You're like, here, make this into a souffle. <laughs> um, yeah. But you know what? <sighs> It's it's you made something. a good motherfucking souffle. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, yeah, it unfortunately set a precedent I can never reach ever again. But I'll die trying. So, so are like, okay, cool. We need two actors. Okay, we got a location. We'll use my mom's kitchen. Mm-hmm. I, I'll I'll light this. Uh, we're shooting still on mini ta- mini DV tape at this time. Yeah. Um, I get the at the time the Panasonic G4 I think it was that was like everyone's like had a hard on four for this camera. Yeah, I remember that one. So, and I think I had the latest adapter on it. Yes, I had the latest lens adapter on it. So I had this nice little camera going. Oh, I remember the latest adapter. Yeah. Oh man, I remember yeah. all this stuff. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not very tech savvy. Uh, I'm not. But the, you remember the latest. I'm. I, well, words like latest stick out of my head. Uh, Just so everyone knows, I'm not very uh, tech savvy. I. Um, not in the least bit. Dave is definitely the gear guy. You know, he's like, we need to get, and I'm like, sounds great, whatever. <laughs> All right, let's get it. Yeah, whatever. We it's need in the two budget. Pineapples list. and a screwdriver. Okay, let's get it. <laughs> oh, you fucking MacGyver? Yes, yeah. I am. Let's do this. Yeah, oh, I've MacGyvered some shit on set. <laughs> See, these are the stories I know you guys want to hear, and we will tell you them. Trust me. I'll MacGyver the shit out of a set. So, um, Fuck. so here I am. I, I'm at the seminar, and on a break at the seminar. Dave oh my god me. wait were you were you in momentum i was yes holy shit this is that's right yeah wow so i'm i'm at this four-day seminar and dave uh i call dave on my break because he he messages me he's like bro i got it just call me so on a break he drops this bomb on me and for the rest of the night all i want to do is write but i'm at the seminar so I get on the train and my brain is just like on fire. And at like 2 a.m. in the kitchen, I whip out this five-page script, right? And I send it off to Dave, who has actors coming in from Connecticut on the train. When they wake up, the script is in their email box. They print it and they're working with each other on the train, learning the script. So when they get to Dave's place, they are good to go. Leo and Joel. Yeah, man. Leo and I think that was the first time they met, too. Yes. Right? On the train. Yeah, they somehow coordinated Mm. themselves. It was very weird. Joel was, is a filmmaker. Yes. Joel is a filmmaker. And he, um, 
liked my work he's like dude i love your work what do you think about this and he'll just like send me stuff and i'll give him i'll give him my critique and he's like i don't want to be better tell me how to be better and i'll give him his you know i'll give him the critique and we'll go back and forth he's a very open so, guy i appreciate that so finally when something popped up i was like all right joel you're up let's go <laughs> time to act yeah you he's like what up. is it? i was like i don't have the script yet but it'll be in your inbox by tomorrow <laughs> morning yeah so we i send them i was like do you oh do you have another actor in mind and i think he knew of leo maybe or i or i can't remember now mm -hmm. um long story short we come we shoot we edit it gets loaded up again um did we win anything from the grand prix is the question i can't remember no i don't think so no we didn't win anything no but it's like our best effort and we didn't get but lord and behold there is joel and Joe this takes it upon himself to become the PR person <laughs> yeah. for Chiron's Fair. And this guy is sending this film to everyone and their mother. Anyone who will listen, anyone who will watch. Anyone with a heartbeat. Anyone with a heart. It's true. And he's just sending this stuff out into the world. And we get a review from Brit Films TV. Which felt huge. Yeah, they called it, because we shot um, by this... Yeah, we. This was maybe like our third film in black and white. The yeah. Omen was in black and white. Lucifer was in black and white, right? L no, Lucifer oh. was in color. I must my be my two it. college films were black and white. Yep. I didn't shoot in color. I shot in sixty millimeter black and white. Kevin Smith shot Clerks in black and white. Yeah, that's so. <laughs> that's 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 basically where it came from. Um, sure, huge fan of Clerks. Absolutely. Uh, when same. I watch Clerks, it's pretty much what. I looked at them and was like, that's what I want to do. I want to make dick and fart joke films with my friends. That's what I want to do. I still want to do that. It's never changed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so black and white, right? So monochrome masterpiece. A monochromatic <laughs> masterpiece was Brit, the quote. From Brit Films TV, which doesn't even exist anymore. Nah, um, that's all right. We did, a, we did an interview over the phone mm -hmm. for, a, for a radio station in London. I wish we got I, that audio. I know. We never did. Hmm. Um, the then, internet maybe it still exists anyway and then and then joel puts it into this contest for pbs which i find hysterical because since i'm working at hitn they're kind of rivals at this point because pbs was developing vm at the time the their their version of the spanish public television mm. so <laughs> so it it was a con the, so it got into the contest and they picked three films and out of three films whoever had the most votes yeah it was completely uh, a popularity contest yeah completely they um they get aired for the real 13 short film showcase yep like on a monday night like at 10 o'clock the, yeah. the monday nights keep haunting me because aka tv was on monday nights at midnight going into tuesday mm-hmm and now at 10 p.m., uh, the real Monday, yeah. 13 shorts. Well, at least it wasn't so. Sunday at 4 a.m. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they eventually so. gave us a better slot, though. Oh, yeah? To what time? Um, there had to be a time slot that was after school because uh, so many years later, I made friends with um, two kids who are very good friends of ours now, uh, JR and L.A., and they are a little bit younger than us. And apparently they stumbled upon family values while in high school. And they said that they used to rush home on a Thursday 
to catch our afternoon episode. So I don't know if we got two time slots where they repeated or that was like our new time slot. But they said they ran home after school to catch like a new episode. Ah, so it's hysterical. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but anyway. So uh, we're at uh, we, Real 13s. It wins. It airs at 10 o'clock and that's it. Oh, but this time there was money involved. We got our first 300 bucks. Remember? No. I don't. <laughs> I don't remember. I, I gave. I gave you your share. Oh, I probably spent it on booze. Booze and Sue's rendezvous. Oh, damn. Yeah, we took it back. Sue's rendezvous. Rest in peace, Sue's rendezvous. Yep. Oh man. So, <laughs> so what's next after Chiron's so, fair? So, so post Chiron's fair, I mean. We started working on we speaking of masochism, honestly, uh, we continued down the route of um, what do you call it, uh, of film festivals. A lot of them, I don't want to say they were forgettable because, you know, we worked hard on them. But there was, you know, we what do we do? Two more, I I believe. Two or three more. I think we did two or three more. And it was just at this point, it wasn't fun anymore. Yeah, we started to do these we we would go into these things with the best of intentions like okay we're gonna do another one we got this we got this and they'd send us the criteria for the next one and we'd rack our brains for like 24 hours and we wouldn't come up with nothing and just give up we would get into our own heads and we'd fucking fuck ourselves and so in the end we were like you know this is stupid we're submitting 150 dollars to be in this contest and we're not doing anything so you know what? let's just cut our losses but at the same time, Chiron's Fair is pivotal uh, for us as a production company because when um, when all this happened, when when we finished it, you know, Joel, I'm and I say this uh, not as a negative, but Joel really loved the film, and I feel like for him it may have been uh, one of the highlights in his career thus far, and he kept pushing this thing and you know god bless him for it because obviously like you said before it got us on uh pbs and whatnot but he kept pushing and pushing and pushing and i think his um his push really kind of lit a fire under the two of us to say like you know this was good and it was only five minutes like can we build this out can we make it something else can we make it bigger what's the rest of this universe look like and Lord and behold, and, we started writing Chiron's Fair, the series. Yeah, so we we um, it took us some time. It went it went through a lot of different phases because one of the first things I thought uh, as the original author was you know to make it a you know you know you you spend your youth watching movies like Pulp Fiction and Memento, and you're like, how can I tell a story differently? So I felt like the the Chiron's Fair that we entered in the contest was the ending of something. And so that was the way I approached it. I was like, well, what happened before this? How did these guys get here? And then how did they get there? You know, and so on and so forth. So there was just a lot of stuff. And it was this thing where, again, I was getting in my own head and I was getting in my own way. It's when you're, I've learned that when you're the creative type, you tend to get in your own way, but you know, whatever. And I think at this point, you and I were going back and forth, you know, some disagreements, some agreements, whatever. Um, nothing really came up of it. Um, but then we had added, we, 
I think at this point we started to decide that a film production company featuring you and I was inevitable. And I think this is where we basically where Briefcase Productions was born. Pretty much. Chiron's Fair spawned yeah. Briefcase Productions. So you're welcome, universe. <laughs> um and I think at that point too, some somewhere in the mix of that, somewhere in the mix of submitting those one or two Grand Prix Film Festival um entrants and the two or three false starts with the other ones uh are you know third leg if we will came along in the form of robert dumay and uh dumay yep and that's where i guess briefcase was really truly solidified with the three of us and for a while it worked and because uh, what was the first project we worked i think we shot the facto first for him right i believe de facto was the first like official yeah, briefcase like, production dude, i want to do this film i want to do this film mm-hmm. he had you written know, a script he ran a script he was gonna pay, he was gonna hire me as the dp mm-hmm. all that stuff is and then edited and you know we were gonna do the whole nine and we did he came with the script yep he had some called top, facto. some great actors yeah, and the first thing that he also at the first reason i agreed to it was because he's like i want this in black and white i'm like yes you are speaking my language yeah man black and white is like my bread and butter <laughs> you know what i mean so he's like i want it in black and white i want it to look gritty i want it to be nyc i want it. i was like all right man let's do it let's do it <laughs> i mean there's photos of me like in the like the, i've noticed there's more photos of me in the middle of the street with two-way traffic <laughs> yeah <laughs> then there's like an actual decent photo of me just like I'm always in the middle on, of yeah. traffic or on the floor in the middle of traffic trying to get the shot. Well, the last, the last, um, well, no, not the last one, but the one before last, I have a photo of you laying down in traffic. So, <laughs> and, and, and then the, 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 um, the other, the promotional videos I shot for that gym, me in the middle of the street getting shot. Oh yeah. That was recently. That. that was very recent. <laughs> So you see, we're very eclectic. Uh, also, we have a death wish. Um, so Dumay comes on board, and mm-hmm. then, like, I guess de facto was pretty much his initiation. Yeah. <laughs> because, and the funny thing is, like, he wasn't doing this for a Grand Prix. He, wasn't, he wanted no. to make this film for himself and put it out there. Yep. So, so we shoot the film. We start editing, and I don't know how I lose the whole fucking timeline. What do you mean? I I I lost I lost like the first cut of the film. I lost it. No way. I lost the yeah. I couldn't. There was a weird bug going on at the time with the Avid I had. Mm-hmm. Uh, legit version, may I add? It was a weird bug going on. I think it was because I didn't have enough RAM. Oh. It, it lacked. It lacked like one more stick of RAM, and I didn't have it. And I didn't know that was the issue, and mm-hmm. I didn't figure it out till after I edited his project. Hmm. Well, so I mean, I, thankfully you didn't have a deadline to meet. No, exactly, which kind of worked. Um, no, but bullshit. I think we did have the deadline because we were going to sh- show this at Factory B. Really? Yeah. Or was Factory B a year later? Uh, I think Factory B was later. Yeah, Factory I don't, B was. De- yeah, no, Factory B was the following year. Yep. Because we did a handful of trailers for Factory B that never, yeah. that never came to fruition. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. We'll, we'll get finishing projects. Yeah. Well, we'll get so, to the factory B in a so minute. So the fact though was Rob's initiation. I lose the fucking timeline, and I go fuck it, Rob. 
let's build it from scratch. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no other way around it. Either yeah. we're gonna edit this film or not edit this film. You know, mm-hmm. I had to pull a white clef on him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm shutting the studio down. Either you're gonna make this song or not make this song. Yeah. So fuck it. So we sucked it up and then we did a couple of overnighters and we put the pretty decent film together man i agree first effort yeah no i uh you know not to blow smoke up my partner's ass but i mean you should believe in your partner it was visually beautiful um some really great um static shots which you don't think static shots are interesting but the 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 composition's great i mean the story was great and yeah speaking speaking of composition i mean that's the you know what what made Cooper such a great filmmaker was he was a photographer before he was a filmmaker. Oh, absolutely. And it so, shows, you know, it shows would, in his work. He would pretty much tell you where to put the camera. I think he just hired camera ops. I mean, when you're Stanley Kubrick, I mean, yeah, I, I really got to look into that. I got to see how he really, if he worked with DPs at all, cause I feel like he was always setting up his own shot, you know, again, it wouldn't, it would not surprise me one bit if, if that was really truly the case. Um, yeah, so so Rob, Rob and you, you guys so put together de facto, and we put, we he's put in put together de facto. <laughs> Me and you can have like a meeting, like yo, is he in? Yeah, I guess he's in. Okay, yeah. cool, he's in. <laughs> let's just stay here a little longer and make him sweat before we tell him he's in. Okay, he's in. Let's make him sweat it out. Yeah, yeah. And so, and thus began the the younger the, brother. Yeah, the younger brother. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, I don't know if at the time Louisa jumped in yet. Um, or was it? Or was it like a? Was it like a shared deal, like a paid package? Like we got Dumay with Louisa. It it almost. I think it was almost like that. Um, yeah, because he kind of pitched it like, yeah, Louisa, you know, she's great with creative, and she was know, a photographer. Photography, yeah, which she is was a dope ass photographer. Check absolutely, her out. Yeah. check out her work. Uh, La Gata, I think still. I think it's um, yeah. La L A underscore Gata G A T A underscore photography Instagram. Yeah. Check yeah, her out. Definitely check her stuff out. Yeah. Um, so they came as a package deal, and then pretty much like you know, two became three, became four, like Voltron. Yeah, and and I believe we had an honor. You know, she was a member. Tara, Tara. Uh, we was, uh, yeah, we brought her on as um, talent, talent, and then she started a production uh, kind of coordination yeah. position with us. A few music videos here and there. Mm-hmm. Then we shot that feature over the summer, mm-hmm. and then we did back to music videos. So the music, video. <laughs> um, and I think, I think we could end it there before we start getting into mu- why we don't do music videos. <laughs> we when we started talking about doing this podcast, we were spending some time attempting to do outlines and stuff, ideas for episodes, and the original iteration of. The briefcase was going to be two filmmakers, myself and Dave, uh, you know, talking about filmmaking. But of course, at the same time, you know, talking about films that inspired us, directors that we love, writers, so on and so forth. But as we kept talking, we started to say, like, we should really talk about us. Like, why? What is who who are these jackasses? Why should you be listening to us? And so that started what we're on now. But when we started breaking down the new version of the show... We kept coming back to music videos and why we don't do them. I guarantee you, our quote-unquote loyal audience, we are going to give you a whole hour episode as to why <laughs> we do not do music videos. 
And why we recommend you shouldn't do music videos. Yes. So here we are, summer. We've got music videos. We have we're shooting a feature. We're shooting more music videos. Um, uh, what came after that then? Like, Fact, Factory B. Factory B. So Factory B came right after. Who? That. Who? I'm. I'm only gonna assume it was Rob's idea. Yeah, Rob spearheaded that whole Factory B thing, and he just, you know, we all went along for the ride, and it was great. You know, it was a good way of uh, branching out and networking more. Yeah, man, Rob. Rob had this genius idea to put this like collective of artists. Um, it, so it would be at one space. Mm-hmm. In the Bronx, we'll have, we were the Bronx. We're, we're very Bronx centric. <clears throat> we were all Bronx kids, born and raised, and we. I think. I think one of the the one of the pillars of of Rob's kind of um, desire to do Factor B is the Bronx is like the forgotten borough. Like everyone just thinks like, oh, hip hop and the Yankees and that, like, mm. you know, you're going to get shot and the buildings are on fire. But like, there's quite a bit of, of untapped talent. And like, it just goes, or at least at the time it was, it was going very unnoticed. So Rob in his forward thinking was like, no, I'm going to change that. Mm-hmm. And so he spearheaded this idea. We were going to have an art gallery show with local uh, New York-based uh, painters and artists. I don't want to say painters because there were a lot of different mediums. New York-based artists. And there was always a caveat. So for the very first one, it was painters and film. And we mm-hmm. screened we screened um, a handful of short um uh, short films by New York-based uh, filmmakers. And then mm. we had a couple of teaser trailers for some other New York-based film uh, mm. makers, ourselves included. Then the second one, which I don't know the time, I can't remember how far apart it was, it was the same thing where we had artists, uh, you know, feature their artwork on the walls and stuff. And it was all for sale, too, which was great, you know, giving these guys opportunities to sell their work and otherwise... And a, a space they would not have otherwise i still have two paintings i bought from that show uh rob has a couple of pieces himself yeah. uh, i was always poor so i could never <laughs> i could never buy any of this i just i paid i paid 40 bucks for mine matt okay <laughs> listen i was working a garbage job at the time okay i wasn't a garbage man i was just working a garbage job um but the other cat the the caveat for this one was poetry which i'm not a huge fan of but Again, featuring New York artists is something to be very proud of. You know, us again, Bronx-born, New York-born uh, filmmakers and artists. It's it's great to help each other. You know, I think all too often we kind of get a little caught up in the fact that we're the star of our own movies, and we kind of forget there's other people out there. And you know, if we help each other, our voice gets louder. And so. You know, Absolutely. Hats off to Rob uh, for having that kind of foresight. It's it's kind of a shame that we only had the two showings. Uh, it's not, there are times that I do sit around. And I'm like, man, I'd love to. Hmm. I, I, I love I, the organized I keep, chaos. Telling, I keep telling Rob, I was like, you should put a factory beat together, right? He's like, oh, I don't know. I don't got the time. You know, I'm busy. I'm traveling. You know, he's like, he's always worried. <laughs> oh, you fancy, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, no, I'm going to be in L.A. next week, man. I was like, oh, where are you going to be in L.A., man? All right. Fucking cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all love. We've, we're, yeah. no, we're, man, we're still but good I, I still tell him, I was like, yeah, dude, man, Factory B, I think you were on to something, man. You, you know, should have kept going at it. He was the, 
He was the brain. That was his brainchild. And that was his baby. Yeah, man. Oh, he yeah, saw man. it day one to to the moment it closed, and he was ready to work on the next one. Running around to Jersey and picking up picking artwork, up paintings. Oh my god, yeah. Going all the way to fucking Dumbo as Brooklyn to bring <laughs> over artwork with him, dude. Oh, fuck. <laughs> but those those are the stories, right? That's yeah, you guys. Man. You guys will hopefully over the course of of us doing the show, you'll hear all these stories. Just where me and Dave have been and, you know, with guys like Rob and, you know, all of our friggin' cohorts, Mikey Cruz and uh, mm. Rick Lombardo, Francisco, Jerry Brew. We've got so many stories and just, you know, great funny stories, you know, some minor tragedies to fiascos. Like, it's it runs the gamut. So Rob's in the picture, right? Uh, I'm, I'm backtracking. Factory B is a success or we're going before Factory B? Uh, I'm backtracking a little bit because um, my storyline, so to speak, from last episode, I ended on uh, going to the Institute of Audio Research. So I'm in this audio program now. And at the time, now this is a few years before, uh, or actually this is probably right around the time I should say, like de facto had just come out. It was that summer that we were working on music videos and the feature. So... Mm -hmm. I'm in this audio program, and um, I finish the audio. I, I get to the end of the audio program. In the final uh, semester, they have uh, audio for film and television. And I'm sitting there, and I'm looking at how we are all getting together to work on these films. And um, we didn't have a sound guy. We didn't have, like, a post-sound guy. I remember we kept uh, contacting my buddy Brian McCarthy, who... Try to get Rick to do it. Or or we had Rick, yeah, but but Rick Rick became a hot commodity like yeah. immediately. So he was very hard to get a hold of. And when yeah, we started, did started working on tons of like yeah, shows he, on like TLC and he shit. went off and really did his thing. Like he's out there like flying like an eagle man. And we're proud of him, like fantastic, you know, great on him. And I kept looking at this and I'm like, Well, you know, Rick's real busy. He's tough to get a hold of. My boy Brian he's not as reliable as I, as we'd like him to be. I love audio. I've been going to school for audio. Why don't I just do audio? Like this is dumb mm -hmm. because I'm going to school and I'm hearing about all these studios closing up and I'm like, the job market's getting real slim for me. I should really consider film for television and, and movies. And so I take this course and I'm immediately in love with it sound design adr i love it all and i'm like holy crap this is what i was meant to do i have this production company with my two friends i'm the audio guy like oh my god my puzzle piece finally fits the puzzle not only do i have the ability to write and collaborate but now i'm the audio guy <laughs> so which is a which is a huge plus, man. Having an audio guy on your team already. Yes. Shit. You don't have to pay them. Like, gee. Because <laughs> audio guys are expensive. Yeah, dude. I audio know. Guys, um, that's why we make the big bucks. That's why we make the big bucks. Um, so, at the time, I was uh, finishing school because I was vying for a new position at my current place of employment. I was going from one position to an entertainment position. And when I said, hey, look, I'm about to graduate, uh, you got a job for me? They said, no, <laughs> we actually just hired a guy. So if anything, you'll be at the top of the list. And I was like, man, that sucks. 
just as that all happened, my school offered a video editing program. And I said, holy crap, you know what? I'm going to take this video editing uh, program. That way, I can be a video editor. And at least I can do preliminary first cut edits to get you guys to clear your plates a little bit more because the two of you were editing like incessantly. So I was like, well, I'm going to pull my weight in this company. So that's what I did. And then it all like lined like a cylinder on a lock. It all just lined up. My The guy they hired before me decided to quit. I got the call. They moved me into my new position. Um, I learned video editing. I was the audio guy. And it was like, that's when you know all this stuff was like really just happening the the feature the factory bees it was like holy cow it really all fell together um and so we did a bunch of stuff and i think kitties i'm really sorry to say this but this is where we're going to put a pin in it because what comes next is essentially the present uh, everything that leads up to the moment. Almost the present. Yeah, almost. Okay, almost the present. But pretty much everything that leads up to us deciding we're going to make a podcast and we're just going to keep you know, pushing forward on production at all costs. And so in three parts, you will understand <laughs> why uh, Briefcase is what it is and you know who we are as filmmakers what makes us filmmakers and and really just what gets us out of bed every morning i guess could have said it better myself i'm kind of glad you didn't (laughs) (laughs) so well it appears to be that time again the time where we send you guys out into the world with a head full of our nonsense and implore you to enjoy more movies but first Are you wondering how you can get more of us while we aren't in your ear holes? Do you crave something for those soft, dough things you call eyes? Well, worry no more because you can follow us on Instagram. Just search briefcase underscore productions and feast your peepers on some fantastic photos taken by none other than our very own David C. Diaz. While you're on your phones checking out the IG, head over to briefcaseproductions.com for everything we are legally allowed to offer you guys, including some of the projects we may have mentioned on this or other shows. It's also a great place to reach out to us via email. Feel free to drop us a line, and I'm 100% positive we will answer you. And who knows, if it's good enough, we may just read it on the air. And... As always, but lastly, on behalf of David and myself, I want to thank you for checking in with us because we, of all people, know that time is precious, and since you've decided to spend your time with us, we are eternally grateful. Whatever's left in your day, make it good, and please, please, please watch more movies. We'll see you next time. Peace!